And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a comedy quiz episode of You Bet Your Life, starring Groucho Marx from 1957. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cohen will play short clips from popular songs, and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Trip and I will try to name that tune, right, Lisa? Right, we have Trip on the phone right now calling from Georgia. Hi, Trip. Hi, Trip. Hey, I'm here. Good, glad to have you with us. Are you a fan of music from the 60s? Oh, yes, absolutely. Good. 60s, 70s. Right. Oh, well, wow. uh, yes, I feel I'm the same trouble. way. I'm in trouble. Trip sounds <laughs> very... too young to appreciate songs from the 60s, but um, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, he sounds very smart, Lisa. Are you smart, Trip? Yeah, he sounds very smart. Fairly. I'm in, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh... nervous already. Well, we're going to go to the first song. As soon as you recognize the song, shout out the title, and um, you will have that uh, point for you. Uh, here is the first song. goes back to 1960. Twist and shout. So close. It's not twist and shout. It's not. Turning. Yeah. What did you say? Yes, that's exactly right. Oh, man. <laughs> so close to twist Sitting and shout, but it's turning. it's tossing and turning by Bobby Lewis. Way to go, Trip. He's reached, on the board. It reached number one on the uh, Billboard chart and the R and B chart, and it was featured on the soundtrack for the 1978 film Animal House. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Did you remember that it was on that movie? No. No. All, All right. right, trip is on the board. There we go. It's a great start. All right, guys, here's yeah. the here's the next song, 1962. Why don't you come on? Yes. What is. is it? What is it? I know. I couldn't. I can't hear. It's the Four Seasons. What's the title, guys? There it is. Sherry. Well, so neither one of us. <laughs> uh, got I don't that. think so. This is written by Bob Gaudio, recorded by the Four Seasons in '62. According to Bob Gaudio, the song took 15 minutes to write, 15 minutes, and was originally titled "Jackie Baby" in honor of then First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy. Oh wow! Yeah. All, All right, right. Okay. we'll uh, call that one a draw. Yeah. Uh, moving on, 1968. Let's go, Trip. 
Rascals? Yes, it is the Rascals. What's the title? Got the world. People got to be free. That's it. He's All got right. it. Be free. Yeah. <laughs> you know the song, Carl? Yeah, but I didn't know the. No. Uh, people got to be free. 1968. The Rascals. Wow, trip. Very good. You know, and Eddie and Felix and Gene. Wow, he knows his yeah. stuff. Here it this, goes. Is the, this is like not even fair for me. I mean, way to go, Trip. Wanna be free? Great song. Uh, listen, nineteen sixty-eight. That was a very turbulent year. Yeah, sixty-three. This was eight. 68. Oh, sixty-eight. Okay. Sixty-eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I have right. Uh, prob- probably no chance here. Um, that's okay. We're counting on Trip here. Trip, we'll just talk to you. So <laughs> this next song uh, came out in 1969. I just can't believe the love sugar, sugar. Yes. Sugar, sugar. Sugar, sugar. I, I sugar. knew that. Sugar, sugar. He was, I was, he was quick. The Archies. Yes, originally Ooh, recorded by the one. cartoon band, the Archies. Ooh, I got one. This peaked at number one in 1969. Sugar. Remained there for four weeks. Oh, honey, honey. Uh, Trip, do you know um, who sang the 1970 version? When 70 became, version? Yeah, they became a hit again in 1970. Do you know who sang it then? Mm-mm. No. Lisa Wolf? No, but Bobby, it was somebody like Bobby, Bobby Sherman, or who was that other it guy? It was Wilson um, Pickett. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Still, uh... Two to one. There trip, trip is leading. <laughs> Two to one. Carl loves to keep score. <laughs> All right. Next song, 1965 hit. Four tops. Yeah. I can't help myself. That's it. I can't He's help myself. It. That's right. All right. Trip. <laughs> I can't help myself. The four tops. So Rolling Stone magazine ranked this song. 415 on the list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Hmm. Yeah, my band played it back then. Ah, are you in a band? I was in a band, yes, for oh, quite a few years. There you go. So he's got college. an unfair advantage, Carl. What, what, what musical do you play? instrument? I played bass and guitar back in those days and wow. sang. Wow. Fantastic. What was the name of the band? It was the Blue Sensations at that time. Blue Sensations. I, I like, like it. I would have bought a but ticket. <laughs> I would have been there. <laughs> what kind find? of music did you play? More. I've just got a, a YouTube channel and a TikTok now, so my music days are over. All right, what? Well, but can we hear? Little... Can we hear the music on uh, TikTok? On your TikTok channel, or? Oh, no, it's not music. It's um, it's playing Minecraft. Oh, very cool! Very cool. The oldest people, one of the oldest people on those mediums. Well, you know what? Mediums. That's a great. It's a great game. Is it under your name? What's under Chatty Grandpa? Chatty Grandpa. <laughs> Chatty Grandpa. All right, we're going to check it out. All Thank right. you. Check right. it out. We check will. Me out. We will. All, All right. right, we've got one more song. Oh, this is a good one. Trip, you're going to have to be fast. Carl knows this song. 1965. Um, satisfaction. That's right. Satisfaction. The Stones not fair now. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know he knows. He's big on the Rolling Stones. Uh, this is written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. I mean, this is one of the world's most popular songs. And um, no. number two on Rolling Stones' list of 500 greatest songs of all time. No. Number two. Hey, hey, hey. got up in the middle of the night and heard a riff and recorded it on a tape recorder. The next day, played it back. They were in Florida at the time, and that's where that song came from, that famous riff. Wow. 
did not know that. Yeah, what is some trivia for you. There yeah, you go. I appreciate it. Thank you. You are is the perfect it? caller. We don't have any more? No, that's all oh, of them, Carl. I lost. I lost. Oh, darn Trip. it. <laughs> Trip's the winner. He got three. I got two. And, hey, Trip, it was great having you on. Make sure you call back and play the game with us. Um, we're going to send you a four-CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. I know you'll love it. And uh, you're a great player. Yes, so, you are. We'll yeah. check you out on TikTok. Thank we you. We will. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. When, All right, thanks. When we come back, it's You Bet Your Life, Groucho Marx. Stick around like a donut. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Groucho Marx uh, really wanted uh, to uh, have his own radio show, Lisa. He was a big movie star, and he tried to find a radio vehicle for him for years and years, and he just couldn't figure it out. He's like, why can't I find a radio show to star in? And his good pal, Irving Brecker, who created The Life of Riley, even tried to uh, get him on the radio, but nothing worked. But then in 1947, they uh, they had him, you know, be the host of a series called You Bet Your Life. It was a quiz show, and it was a instant success. It was a tremendous success, such a big success that it made a uh, very quick transition over to radio. And uh, it was on the air for many, many years, 1947, all the way until 1961. Wow. Yeah. Um, of course, I remember watching it on TV all the time as I a kid. Too. I do, too. I love this radio oh, show, Oh, yeah. Carl. It's so, so great. And uh, the uh, Jay Leno version just doesn't cut it. No, me, no, so. it doesn't. And it was all, you know, it was all, there was no script. It was all ad-libbed. Yeah. He had these contestants come on. They were trying yeah. to guess the secret That's word. That's what makes it so phenomenal, really. Yeah. And, um, you know, he would ask them questions. He'd you know, um, quiz them about things. And he was the best with that kind of uh, interaction. Um, this is a broadcast from March 30th, 1957. The secret word is roof. Here's part one now of You Bet Your Life. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word is roof. R-O-O-F. Really? You bet your life. It's Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood and brought to you by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And here he is, the one, the only... Groucho! 
Well, here I am again with a chance for each of our couples to win $2,000. And there's also a chance somebody might leave here with $10,000. George, who's first? Well, Groucho, remember last week uh, you uh, ran out of time just as we were having a very interesting conversation with Prince Monolulu and Mrs. Dudley. We asked them if they'd come back again this week and perhaps win some money and talk to you some more. So here they are, Prince Ras Monolulu and Miss Madeline Dudley. Would you come in, please? Well, glad you could both come back. Uh, Prince, you have no idea what a sensation you were. Now, let's see. Uh, you said you were a real prince from where? Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. I'm a falasher. I see. And Madeline, where did you say you were from? From Chicago, Illinois. Oh, well, that's quite a ways from where he comes from. Huh? As I remember, we ran out of time last week just when I was about to ask you how you met your husband, right? Yes, sir. Well, how did you meet Mr. Dudley? Well, I was a widow, and I was lonesome, and I wasn't having any luck with men, and we lived in this rooming house, and I heard this man crying, and I knocked on his door, and I said, Mr., are you sick? He says, yes, I'm sick of women. I says, good, I'm sick of men. And I went back to my room, and I got some tissue, and I came back, and we sat down, and we cried over together, and eventually, we got married. <laughs> Well, there you are. He was sick of women and you were sick of men, huh? So I thought we'd make a good combination. You make an ideal couple. Now I suppose you're sick of each other. Is that right? No, we're happily married. We've oh. been married eight years. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear your marriage is happy. Have you and your husband always been happy uh, every miserable moment of these eight years? <laughs> well, we've had a few tight squeezes, but nothing to cry about. Oh. Well, did you have tight squeezes while you were crying with your husband? <laughs> hey, I'd better go to Africa. I'd be a riot there. <laughs> no, Madeline. I refuse to answer. I don't blame you. Every marriage has some tight squeezes. Marriage is like a tube of toothpaste. You always hope something better will come out. <laughs> Voltaire. <laughs> In other words, you and your husband are deliriously happy, is that right? Yes, he's a remarkable man, and I feel he deserves the Congressional Medal of Honor to stay married to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, in what way are you more difficult to get along with than any other married woman? Well, first of all, I'm paradoxical, complex. Oh, I have a dual personality, and I'm a perfectionist. You're not only hard to live with, you're almost impossible to understand. <laughs> well, Prince, let's get back to you. Are you living in uh, Addis Ababa now? No, I'm living in Long Beach. Here, California, here I come. Long Beach? Long Beach. You certainly like those wild, remote places, don't you? Huh? Right, sir. Why did you leave Ethiopia? Well, I never leave it. I came here when there were wooden ship and iron men, when men were brave and... And women were gallant. What were some of the jobs you held? Well, from being a sailor and in the sailing ship... And remember, the cops ship, may be listening, so you be careful what you, you see, say. Well, you see, from the sailing ship, I, I went to Germany and become a Menschenfresser. Yeah. I was a wild man. Yeah. Then I went to a You were a wild man? You had to be. A cannibal? I was broke. They put a ring in my nose and stripped me half naked and put white spots on it. I had to play a wild man to get a piece of bread and butter. And the kids run for the line. 
Haben Sie ever give you any Hasenpfeffer or Wienerschnitzel? Nein, no, ich habe nichts gehabt, nichts zu fressen. Sie haben kein Wienerschnitzel? Sauerkraut, Sauerkraut, Sauerkraut und Wurzel. Now, what else did you do besides then scaring the people in Germany? Then I went to Vienna and they put me in the painting school and I went to a place called Milan and Turin and I was, a, I was in the all-winter painting, you know, in the nude and semi-nude and all the children painting my feathers. The students? Yes, they paint you, me. You paint students? No, they paint me. They oh, paint me the for model, doing it. Oh, you're the model, You're the model, I was the victim of their intelligence. I see. <laughs> and then where did you flee after this? I went to Yugoslavia. And there I start singing. I couldn't sing a whistle, so I sang, John Brown's body lies a molding in the grave. This, this must have killed him in Yugoslavia. <laughs> and all the children sing, glory, glory, hallelujah. In Yugoslavia? Yeah, in Yugoslavia, in Belgrade, and a place called Agram. But the worst thing I had was when I came to a place called Sweden. I became a lion tamer in my life. And when I went in the cage, they saturated me with something called asifesita. It smelled terrible. Yeah, but it kept the lion away. Yeah. When he smelled me, he turned his tail, see? <laughs> One night the lion attacked me. Wah, wah. I tried to be brave, but my knee went bent it. And it was just the same as I was jumping off the cage. So I've had a, a very good life. You know, uh, <laughs> well, it's been a kind of a sedentary existence. <laughs> Quiet, full of solitude. You know, after listening to you, for the first time in ten years, my job seems almost legitimate. Now, are you still engaged in hoodwinking the public, Prince? Oh, no, I have an honest profession now, sir. Uh -huh. What is it? In England, you call a turf advisor. Turf in America, advisor. you call him a, a racetrack tout. <laughs> <laughs> Here, you cannot work, but in dear old England, Great Britain, I can work. I have a very big business. Well, what about, uh, have you been married? Oh, I married six wives, and as long as I got money, they stop. And I ain't got no money, they give me the soldiers farewell. Goodbye. You, you're not married, no. No, I'm looking now for another wife. I'm looking for a wife that don't drink and smoke. That one that like to travel a race course and go to all the great places and see the great things of life. I might find one. Well, I hope you do. What about I... me, baby? <laughs> well, she's called for. Oh, she's called for. In order to get her, you have to cry. Oh, no, I laugh. I'm a different man. I can see why he's got six wives. <laughs> he hasn't got any right now. Well, we could go on talking for hours, but I'm sure you're both more interested in winning some money. So let's see if this education that you've uh, acquired in these round-the-world tours is of any help to you tonight. Now, you selected the biblical quiz. I'm going to ask you some questions. If you miss two in a row, you're out. If you get four in a row right, you win $1,000. And before you answer, talk it over with your partner. You ready? Yes, sir. What was the name of the princess whose dance cost John the Baptist his head? John the Baptist Salome. Salome or Salome is right. One right, three more right, and you'll have $1,000. Yes. Now, what key city of Palestine was conquered by Joshua? Joshua... Jericho, 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 and the Jericho. walls came tumbling down. And the wall down. came tumbling yes, down. Yes, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. <laughs> Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Oh, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls Rock. came tumbling down. Yay! And you have two right. All right. Two more right, and you'll have your thousand dollars. What happened at Mount Ararat that made it famous? Uh, Moses went to make the Ten Commandments, oh, and the fire that, came that, up. That well, what do you say? Now you ask me. <laughs> what did you say? I, I, it flew the coop when the bell rang.
a land of the art. All right. Here we go now. What country in the Bible was known as the land of bondage? The land of bondage. Talk it over now. Land of bondage. Egypt. Egypt. Egypt is right. It didn't flew the coop that time, did it? And you're back on the right track with one right. All right. Who is the man from Bethany who was raised from the dead? Lazarus. Lazarus is right. Two right. Now talk it over before you answer. He don't want to look in another woman's eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Look at her, Prince. Look at her. On Moses' death, who succeeded him as a leader of the Israelites? Talk it over. His brother, you know, he's... His brother, Aaron. I followed the woman once in my life. His brother, Aaron. When the Moses died... When no, Moses... I'm sorry, it's Joshua. Joshua, you see, you tell me Aaron, you see, you're wrong. <laughs> well, you're back to one wrong again. Don't get the next one wrong. All right. Who was the, re... Who was the reputed interpreter of the famous handwriting on the wall? Nebuchadnezzar. No, that was at the feast there. He said... Well, then, oh. right on the wall, take it, take it, halam, halam. Who interpreted the writing? Who interpreted you know, they said one... The... They sent for, for one of the I'm leaders. A... Well, who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, she said Joseph. I well, she's wrong. It's Daniel. Yeah. Daniel, there you are. You said Joseph. Oh. <laughs> and I'm that good at two wrong in a row, so you're out of the game. We don't want you to go away broke, so I'm going to ask you one more question for $100. Now, no coaching, please. You ready? Yes. If Monday was named for the moon, which day of the week was named for the sun? For the sun, according to the ancient... Uh... No, no, according to this. <laughs> Sunday! Sunday is <laughs> Well, thanks for being with us. Sorry you didn't win more. You bet your life. You each got a hundred bucks. Anyway. All right. La- Always a lot of laughs. Uh, even the contestants were funny they, on You they Bet Your Life. They them very carefully. Yeah, they yeah. really, really did. And Groucher was great. And, you know, they would um, they would go a lot longer than 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. You know, they would go maybe 45, 50 minutes with the show. And then it would be edited, you know, down to just the funniest parts. And, you know, so uh, Grouch even seemed more witty than he actually was. And he was about as witty as you possibly could be. Very quick. But, you know, the editing helps, you know. (laughs) I'm sure it does. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Unlike our show, it's live. This is it. You hear what we say, and that's it. Right, Lisa? (laughs) That's right, Lots and lots of times I wish we could edit. (laughs) Oh, yep. You out. (laughs) You out. You know, but uh, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Live radio. We'll get back to You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx in a moment. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co 
co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 Classic Radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, we need our listeners all across the country to uh, help us decide a debate that Lisa and I are having. We had a debate over... Um, well, let's be clear. Let's be very let's clear. Let's be clear. All right. um, this isn't at a bar or anything, of no. course. Okay, so if you are an invited guest at, say, a wedding... No, not say. Okay. A, a wedding. Okay. You're, it, you're an you invited are an invited guest, guest at, at a wedding. A wedding. Right. Um, does it matter where, whether yeah. it's a hotel or a restaurant? You're at the reception and you're, you're being a... fed food and coffee and drinks and your steak or whatever it is. The food is coming. Well, what, what the actual food is doesn't really change right. anything. Um, and the reason this came up is because of Mike. So, Mike, we'll have you come in here. You were an invited guest at a wedding. Okay. Does the invited guest tip their wait staff or is that up to the person well, who paid for the wedding? I mean, ab- absolutely the person that pays for the wedding, okay, is is probably included gratuity, but you should tip your server. You know, someone, you know, this this person that's coming and bringing you your food and bringing you your coffee, you should give, a, it's nice to give that person well, the reason I, I'm not tip. saying it's not nice. No, but you it's should. It's always nice to give, give you Lisa's know, to be generous. no, but you don't tip no, no. that person. I have never, what I've said is, to be clear, I have never seen anyone <laughs> tip their server when they are an invited guest at a wedding. That's what I said. Well, you've seen me do it. Except for you. And so I'm wondering (laughs) if I've missed the boat or if you are just, um, you know, I don't know. What's your theory on this? And this is what happened at your wedding. If I am the invited guest, I tip tip the bartender. The bartender. I agree with you. why not the server? Because you you go up to the bar. Why not your server? Now, the bartenders usually have like a a cup or a a dish or something. You throw five bucks in there and you get a drink. You yes. tip your server. I've also. never seen it. That's all because I'm telling you. Because these people you. are making like less than minimum wage usually. They're bringing well, we you hot coffee. They're, they're bringing you and your we don't food. Know Whatever. What... No, no, that's not true. Those people who work in banquet halls and yeah. such, they make a lot of money. It doesn't matter what they make. <laughs> well, they're you just serving said they're you. not making minimum wage. So we're saying, is <laughs> that really true? I don't know if it's minimum okay, wage or so not. You made that up. But I'm going to just tell you this: I've never been at a wedding. That I have not tipped my server. Okay, and I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody do that except for you. And I'm not saying it's not nice to okay, do so it. Okay, so let's add. We have the smartest listeners on the planet. We have millions of listeners all across the globe. So, so how if would you're they? An I have one guest, more thing to add. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm, my family's from a country where you don't tip, so <laughs> that's the last bit of information. Well, I then you're not getting invited to any weddings. That I, <laughs> no. But seriously, folks, what do you think? Do you tip your server? I mean, do you a, feel that it's necessary? Of course, it's always nice to give not, people it's money. It's not that it's necessary or not. Do you, should you tip your waiter at a wedding? So uh, how would they let us know? Facebook? Yeah. 
post on Facebook. Let us know your thoughts. Go to Facebook. We're just literally asking because we don't know. I know the answer. You do. You always tip your server at a wedding. But I've never seen anybody do that when they're invited guests. I've never never seen. I've never seen. I've never (laughs) noticed anybody at a wedding where everyone invited. I always tip. Like you leave money on the table. No, I give it to them. I hand them. You know, there could be three, four different people. Doesn't that matter. You, you got to be classy and tip down. Tip. All right. So, uh, so please go to Facebook, okay. Hollywood 360 Radio, and let us know. Do you tip your waiter or waitress at a wedding? If That's you what, are the invited guest. Yeah, you're the invited yeah, guest. Yeah, you're not the one giving the wedding. You're yeah. an invited guest. Because your gift that you're giving is not going to the wait staff. It's going to... It's going you to, to the bride. <laughs> uh, we're listening <laughs> okay. to You Bet Your Life, starring Groucho Marx, uh, going back to March 30th, 1957. Secret word is roof. Here's the conclusion. Groucho, uh, Mona Young and Dr. Paul Papineau are waiting to talk to you, so folks, you can please and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome to your bet your life. Say the secret word, and you'll divide an extra $100. It's a common word, something you have around the house. Dr. Papineau, huh? your name is very familiar, aren't you? A bartender in Beverly Hills? That's it. Uh, the last 27 years, I've been general director of the American Institute of Family Relations. Mm. Well, I agree 100%. All relations belong in an institution. <laughs> getting there. Yes, and uh, what is your racket uh, specifically? Well, we help people to uh, straighten out their marital difficulties or preferably educate them before they get into marriage so they keep out of trouble. In other words, you're one of those foolhardy fellows who take a husband and wife who are battling and make them patch it up. Is, yeah. is that it? Huh? I'm surprised you're still alive. <laughs> well, Doc, we have one of the most fascinating subjects in the world here, and I think it's time we talked about it. Don't you agree? Perfectly. Fine. Well, young lady, what are you doing after the show? <laughs> You're Mona Young, eh? Yes. And where are you from, Mona? Uh, I'm originally from Oslo, Norway. From Oslo in Norway? Have you ever well, been there? No, I haven't. Oh, it's beautiful. I've been in Oslo, but I've never been in Norway. <laughs> Why did you leave there. Norway, Mona? Well, um, I was selected Miss Norway, so I came over here in 54, for, 55, pardon me. For the Miss Universe contest. You really were Miss Norway, huh? Yes, sir. That's quite an honor. Yeah? You know, I was miscellaneous one year at Santa Monica Beach. <laughs> they threw me in the garbage dump. <laughs> Are you interested in any particular man, Mona? Yes, sir. Strike one. Are you My married? Husband, yeah. Strike two. <laughs> Are you happily married? Yes, sir. Strike three, and I'm out. <laughs> How did you meet your husband? Well, uh, that's a long story. One night, when I was working They're all at... long stories. <laughs> I was working at the Moulin Rouge at the time. You were working at the Moulin Rouge? Yes, there were 12 girls from the contest. We were oh. being introduced on the stage. How'd One... you meet your husband, Mona? That's what I I'm really I'm coming to, to it. <laughs> um, I had... Well, I'm going day... away from it. I had two dates one night, and then... Two dates? Yes. And my husband-to-be had also two dates, one with Miss Texas... And one with, uh, with Miss Michigan. Oh. So he asked me for a date, and um, I said yes, and we took off. Oh. Were these girls present when he ducked them and took you out? No. Uh-uh. What happened right. on your first date with this uh, bounder? Well, um, like I said, no, nothing happened, actually. I took my, my girlfriend, Miss Sweden, along as a chaperone. No. Oh. <laughs> 
You took her as a chaperone? The last date I had, yeah. we didn't have a chaperone. The girl I was with trusted me implicitly. All she had with her was a revolver. Well, the man you married must be a real Casanova, huh? He's real cute. He's six feet four, and um, he What's has blue his... eyes, and he's a Texan. What's his secret way with women, in addition to being from Texas? <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. Except that... Uh, when you say a Texan, he's a Texan, what has being a Texan got to do with it? I mean, how does a Texan differ from, uh, let's say, a fellow from Utah? Well, they're no different Idaho. from uh, any other Americans. They're just a little more stubborn. <laughs> well, if you're as rich as they are, you can afford to be stubborn. Well, let me get this whole thing straight. Your husband had dates with Miss Texas, Miss Michigan, and Miss Norway all on the same night, huh? Yeah. Well, that's the way with those Texans. They do everything big. <laughs> and better. When they... <laughs> when those Texans play Monopoly, they use real girls. <laughs> now, Dr. Papano, uh, let's find out some facts about you. Are you married? Yes, been married 37 years. I see. Uh, can you remember way back 37 years ago when you first met your wife? Vividly. Would you say it was love at first sight? No, there's no such thing as love at first sight. That's just a hallucination. If you <laughs> think you're in love at first sight, it's because somebody makes a deep impression on you, so you're really in just in love with your own sensations or you're in love with yourself all the time. <laughs> this, this is how you reunite, reunite couples? That's a thing. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of a quotation from George Bernard Shaw that impressed me so deeply that I memorized it. Listen to this, Doc. You probably have heard it. He said, when two people are under the influence of the most violent, most insane, most delusive, and most transient of passions, they are required to swear they will remain in that excited, abnormal, and exhausting condition continuously until death do them part. Interesting. Now, what do you think of that, Doc? Uh, up to a point, I agree with it. Now, where did you depart from his uh, philosophy? About second word. Oh, <laughs> Doc, what are some of the main causes for unhappy homes? Well, unwillingness to try to make the thing go, but the difficulties cluster in half a dozen different points. Uh, uh, without regard to the order of importance, their lack of any normal social and recreational life. And, of course, they just have to build up one and have a circle of good, wholesome friends. Then <clears throat> there is the problem of the in-laws, which is a very serious one. The really? In-laws break up more marriages in the first year after the wedding than any other one factor. That's pretty tough for us in-laws to think about. Mm. Then there's the problem, financial problem. Well, in what way do the in-laws break up the marriages? Uh, I don't understand. By interfering, criticizing, and trying to run things uh, from the wrong, wrong side, according to the point of view of one Is partner or the usually other. usually the bride's mother that's responsible More for frequently this? nowadays, the man's mother. In the old days, it was the bride's mother, but there again, we've progressed. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, I'd like to see you in action. Let's analyze uh, Mona's marriage to this uh, wolf. Uh, aren't you an animal doctor? <laughs> well, I'm not a veterinarian, no. <laughs> Well, uh, Mona, would you mind if we if we analyzed no, your marriage? Not at all. Go ahead. Oh, I'd have to have something specific to work on. Yeah. Okay. Well, how's your marriage waking out, Mona? Oh, every marriage has its highs and its lows. I guess so. We well, got over the worst. We really got happy. over the whole thing. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Doc, go ahead. Well, she hasn't given me anything specific to work on yet. I Can't got you to have the details. Specific. Pardon me. Well, um. I thought you were an expert, Doc. A real expert is a fellow. <laughs> who creates problems where none exist. Well, that's just a fellow a long way from home. I'm right here in Los Angeles. 
Well, I'm sorry you're so happy because this gives the doctor nothing to work on, isn't there? Anything at we, all oh, that you yeah, complain certainly. about? Oh, yes, I got huh? plenty of troubles. <laughs> well, I did have. Well, what are well, some of the difficulties you encountered when you first got married? Well, see, when I first got married, I felt sorry for all the milkmen, you know, that come from door to door. So <clears throat> I couldn't say no to them. Well, that's a them. good beginning, all right. <laughs> I, so I ended up. I what mean, was so this? You felt sorry for all the milkmen? Oh, yeah. And so what happened? Well, I couldn't say no, so I ended up with milk from seven different companies. Well, Mona, I have one of the finest lines of milk in California now. What is your home address? In addition to having seven milkmen trying to break your door down, do you have any other problems? My husband, being from Texas, he loves hot biscuits and gravy. And I like to sleep late, so I don't get up, usually. <laughs> Once in a while, I do. Can't you cook the biscuits on your electric blanket? <laughs> what have you got to say about a girl, a bride, a child well, uh, bride who is too lazy to yes. get up and fix her husband's biscuits? I, uh, I think that the husband is entitled to his biscuits and much he's more important. Uh, that's one of the few times in the day when they can be together and talk over the plans of the day. Breakfast is one of the few times that's available in the ordinary family. You you're, know what you let me I think for. he's right. I think the doctor is right. My husband is in the audience, and tomorrow I'm going to have to get up. <laughs> Doc, that's right. What you said about a couple meeting in the morning for breakfast, I think is true. There's nothing that lifts a man's morale like the sight of his wife at seven in the morning. <laughs> when he's, standing, he's sitting at that breakfast table with a half a hangover, and she comes waltzing in there with a faded kimono and her face plastered with cold cream, and her eyes just two slits and one toe sticking out of the end of her slippers. There's nothing that will consolidate a marriage like that, sir. <laughs> I'd like to go on talking to you two because this sounds like it could uh, go into a very interesting avenue, but the time has come to play, you bet your life. So let's see how much money you can win. You think you have learned anything from this doctor's advice here tonight? Well, I have to see how it works out. Let's see. Will you... Uh... Will you let me know the following day? Hmm? Well, I'll try. You can try. tell me when I'm delivering the milk. <laughs> All right, now from our list of 20 to 21 categories, you have chosen general information. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And he was a great warrior. Now I'm going to ask you some... <laughs> I'll ask you some questions. If you miss two in a row, you're through. If you get four in a row right, you win $1,000. Now before you answer, discuss it and answer between you. Mm -hmm. What do you call the paper showing the family tree of a purebred animal? Pedigree chart would be your name for it. Well, you, we'll, you named we'll it. We'll stick that. <laughs> Pedigree is right. You have one right, three more right, and you'll have your thousand dollars. What is the state flower of Kansas? Sunflower, no question about yeah. that. I know how you knew that, because you voted there. for Alf oh. Landon. I was born in oh. Kansas. Did you vote for Landon? Yeah, naturally. Yeah. You and who else? I don't know anybody else. Well, I think Mrs. Landon did. Okay, the drachma, D-R-A-C-H-M-A, is the monetary unit of what country? You saw it in Greece, didn't don't, you, Mr. Don't Young? snarl at me, No, old, uh, I'm not. I just didn't I, follow if up. If you're going to look at me, I want you to look at me with admiration and not with, <laughs> not with nausea on your face. <laughs> but you agree with me, it's Greece. The drachma, that's right. You don't have to go any further. Huh? You know One more right, and you'll have $1,000. You know, if you win this, he's liable to bring the milk tomorrow morning. <laughs> Now, uh, what island was settled by the Bounty Mutineers? Pitcairn Island. Pitcairn Island. Right. He didn't need you at you all. You got it. You got four in a row, yeah. so you win $1,000. Oh, wonderful. <laughs>
Well, now, wait a minute. You won $1,000. Uh, you can keep it and quit, or you can come back later and try to double your money. You may even get a chance at 10000 So go over there and sit down and think it over, and if we don't see you later, thanks for being on the show. All right, George, let's find out what our last couple has decided. All right, uh, Mona Young and Dr. Papano, come back in here, please. You're just as pretty as you were 30 minutes ago, uh, Mona. Thank you. Are you still in love with your husband? Yes. In that case, you won't win a quarter. <laughs> You've won $1,000 so far. Now you have a chance to win a lot more, maybe even 10000 Or you can stop right here and keep your 1000 If you decide to try for the big money and fail, you wind up with a total of 500 Now, what are you going to do? We're going to try. You're going to go ahead? Mm-hmm. You're going for the big money. All right. Now get together and pick a number from 1 to 10 and then spin the wheel. If any number besides the one you pick comes up, this question is worth $2,000. If your number comes up, this question is worth Mm -hmm. $10,000. What number do you want? We decided on number one. Well, give it a flame. Yeah. Wish me You picked number one, and it came yeah. up six. Well, you're a long way off. So this question is why $2,000. In Gulliver's Travels, the country of little people was called Lilliput. For $2,000, what was the name of the country where the giants lived? What is it? For Brobdignag. Uh, Brobdignag is right, and that's a tough question. I'm glad you won it. Oh, God! You deserve it, too. <laughs> well, you won $2,000. What are you going to do with your part of the swag, uh, Mona? Believe it, I'm going home to Mama in Norway. You going to Mama? Yeah, for a little while. Well, bye, Joe. I'm going with you. <laughs> and what are you going to do with yours? Going to put a second bathroom in the house so when our grandchildren come out, we can take proper care of them. Oh. <laughs> you mean they've never bathed yet? When they were so small, they could go in the kitchen sink. I see. Well, congratulations for being with us. You bet your life. And thanks a million. Sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station for Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life. Don't miss the Chrysler Corporation's big TV show on another network. And don't forget Groucho's TV show, also brought to you by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America, who invite you to visit your neighborhood showroom today to see and drive the most exciting car in the world today. DeSoto for 1957. And when you go in, tell them Groucho sent you. So long, folks, and remember... It's the lovely, it's dynamic, it's the soda. On the eve of National Boys Club Week, DeSoto proudly salutes the Boys Club of America in their important work of building boys into better men. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell. 
directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jack Meekin. This is George Fenneman signing off for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. You Bet Your Life is heard by our armed forces throughout the world. Oh, man, that is some funny stuff. Groucho Marx, you bet. Your life, secret word, roof. Uh, Groucho is just the best. He cracks me up. March 30th, 1957, sponsored by the DeSota Plymouth Dealerships, as heard on NBC. And at that same time, it was on uh, television as well. So he was uh, he was in two mediums, Lisa. He was on radio and TV. Plus, of course, he was doing movies at all times. Um, what a success story. Groucho Marx and, of course, the Marx Brothers. Time for this month in music history, no? I think we have Sarah waiting. It is? No, no, no. Nope. Sarah's not in this hour. Sarah's nope. in our next hour. It's oh, this month in music so history. Yeah. So sorry. That's- yeah. You made a mistake. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. You're right. Okay, we are going back to 1970. It's a great song. This is a great song? Yes. Oh, raindrops keep falling on my head. What a memory this is. You don't like it? Yeah. Yes, you do. Well, I didn't like the way it started with the banjo, but now I like this song. (laughs) This is, um, hang on. This, is this Tony Orlando? It is not. Is no. Who That's is this? what we talked about last week with the tie yellow ribbon, because I didn't like that song. You did. Who is this again? This is B.J. Thomas. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was written for the film Butch Cassidy and the right, Sundance Kid, right? Right, right, right. And it won right. an Oscar for Best Original Song. Right. This was actually written for the movie? Yes. No kidding. Yes. I did not know yes. that. So you learned something today. Wow. Lisa. When you were growing up, didn't don't you remember this song? Like I would yes. sing this. Are you kidding? Aloud. For sure. Yeah. And like what, it would rain and we would walk to school yeah. and we'd sing this. And of course Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, what a great movie. Yeah, saw that you know? too. Yeah, it brings back all the memories. I learned something uh, just now. I'm so glad. I hope I was right. Thanks to you. (laughs) Even though you didn't know it was your segment still. Yeah, I'm an hour off here. (laughs) Oh, you're (laughs) off all right. You're off all right. Feels much later. All right, stick around, folks. More of Hollywood 360 after this break. I'm never going to stop the rain by complaining. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right. In our next hour, it's your great uncle, Nero Wolf. Wow. 1951. And uh, we'll start things out by playing Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The music edition, right, Yes, Lisa? this is your favorite segment, I think. And I've chosen songs that are all one-hit wonders. One-hit wonders. One-hit wonders. Wow. <laughs> what happened to bad songs? Um, People like yeah, that. I know that went over so well. I'll have to go back to it again next week. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. 
I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.